Hi, and welcome back to the show. I'm so excited that you're here. I have a very special guest on today's episode, and her name is Carla Argis. She's a wife, she's an author, a mom, a mental health advocate, and entrepreneur. She's also the founder of Affirming Truths, which is a platform to help women affirm their identity in Christ. And one thing I want to say about Carla after interviewing her is that she is a voice for those in the church experiencing mental illness. Her story and her testimony just speak so much of what it's like to walk in faith and walk in identity above the circumstance, above a diagnosis, above, you know, even your current experience. And that's exactly what she shares on this episode. So seriously, get ready to be blessed by her testimony and her wisdom. Welcome to the Sisters of Christ podcast. I'm Jeanette Bordeaux, your host. This is the podcast where you can come and have your faith stirred up and be encouraged by sisters like me and other amazing women that we have on the show who share advice and testimonies. Our hope is that you leave here more on fire for Jesus than you were before. Now get ready to be encouraged with today's episode. I did so yeah, I'm so excited. I'm glad um, Lindsay is amazing for yeah. reaching out and tracking me down because I was not easy to be in contact this month. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, some of your podcast interviews and your Instagram. And I was like, wow. And I, I really felt that the Lord was highlighting like shame mm-hmm. um, around the topic. And I was like, wow. And I knew that um, he also wanted to talk a lot about mental health, mm-hmm. especially like during this time. So I was just yeah, I thought it was such a perfect time that she had reached out to. Good, good. Yeah, I have a heart for sharing about uh, mental health, especially from a faith perspective, because, you know, I think that there has been a lot of hurt in the church when it comes to mental illness. And it's so nuanced, right? It's not like a broken arm where you can see the damage, that you can see the injury um, per se. And, you know, there definitely are times where our spiritual life can affect our mood. There's certainly times when our spiritual life can um, be a cause of anxiety um, or depression if we're not focused on God. But mental illness is not the same as that. And it's very nuanced. And I think that the church has operated on a far side of a pendulum where it's all a spiritual issue. And in doing that has heaped hurt on people that are dealing with mental illness, where it has nothing to do with their spiritual life. In fact, Many people I know with mental illness that are Christian have such strong spiritual lives because he is our lifeline as we battle through not wanting to exist, as we battle through debilitating depressions, as we battle through the the fallout of mania. Like he is our lifeline in all of this. Wow. Amen. That's awesome. Um, so yeah, I guess let's just go right in the interview. <laughs> you kind of already like, I was like, oh snap, that was amazing. Um, yeah, I would love to just pray really quick. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, for sure, <laughs> of course. I, yes, I want to pray. 
um, and just invite Holy Spirit in. So yeah, thank you, Jesus. Um, wow, God, I just thank you so much for Carla. I thank you for her yes. I thank you for her courage. I thank you for her boldness, God. Thank you for her heart, God. Um, yes, Lord, even as soon as she got on the Zoom, I felt the the presence of the Holy Spirit um, mm -hmm. in the Zoom room. So I just thank you, God, uh, for your divine appointments, Lord. We just invite you in, Holy Spirit. We thank you for the freedom you're going to bring, the hearts you're going to touch, Lord. We pray for yes, hearts to be open, people to be just set free from condemnation and shame and guilt, that that is not their portion, Lord. We just pray complete freedom and deliverance over everyone listening, God. Um, you come in and touch their hearts or those that are willing those that are willing and want they want to be separate from that so yeah god we thank you jesus for what you're going to do today yes amen yes amen. Oh, wow yeah i mean you introed us perfectly and that's a lot about what i want to talk about but at first i wanted to hear a little bit about like your testimony and like how jesus found you Definitely. I, I like to call sort of my story the making, breaking, and saving of the prodigal daughter, because that really is what my life has been about. Um, I actually grew up in the church in a Christian home. Um, and growing up when I was around seven or eight, my favorite story to be read was the prodigal son, right out of the King James Version. Not typical of a child, but I would have my parents read me that story over and over and over again. It's now in hindsight, I realized that God was planting that story in my heart for a reason. Um, but that was my favorite story. And it really turned out to be my life. Um, like I said, I started off in a Christian home. Um, but we know Christians aren't perfect. And my home life was not perfect. And it got very dark. And uh, it got scary. Um, there's there some trauma there. There's some trauma there. Uh, I was 13 when I first tried to take my life. And I was living on my own when I was 14. Sometimes in stairwells, sometimes outside, sometimes hopping from friend's house to friend's house. And I got involved like the prodigal son and all that debaucherous living, drugs and alcohol and relationships and just looking to numb pain, looking to feel loved, looking for acceptance, um, looking for all the things that I know now only God can provide. But I was a teenager out on my own and I didn't, I didn't know what to do. I got kicked out of high school my life was a mess and it wasn't until I was in my early twenties that I started to get silent and started to want to break free of the numbing activities I was doing. And as I got silent and as I got still, I started to hear God's voice calling me home. And the story of the prodigal child came to me, that story that had been read to me over and over again, that story that had been de deposited in me, even though I might have forgot it as a teenager, it was in me. And the end of that story is the son realizes that he has nothing. He's broken. 
he decides to go home. He has so much shame over what he's done. He has so much regret. He has so much condemnation. And when he goes home, his father isn't there to berate him. His father doesn't cast him aside. His father is there looking for him, arms wide open, welcoming him back home, throwing a feast, celebrating that the lost child was home. And I realized that that was a picture of Christ for us, that he is always waiting for us. No matter what we do, he is there, arms wide open, longing for our return, longing to bring us back into the family. And so I really felt like, yes, I can go back. I can, I can seek his face. I can get all these hurts healed in him. And so I started my journey back to faith in my early 20s. And I call it a journey because there it is a journey. There's a lot of unlearning I've had to do. There's a lot of healing that I've had to do. I still grapple with shame. There's, there's work still to be done, right? It's a sanctification process. We're not saved and transformed right away. Not on this side of heaven. It's a transformation process. And I'm still going through that process, still healing, still learning, still still having to redirect my identity from my past and my shame and root my identity in who Christ says I am. And that has been so life-changing for me, especially the last couple of years where I've really dug into that. What does Christ say about me? Because this is what my mental illness wants to tell me. This is what the enemy wants to tell me. This is what my past tells me. This is what society tells me, right? We have all these messages coming at us, but what does Christ say about me? And it's just been beautiful to find healing and freedom in walking in the truth of who I am. Not my past, not my mistakes, not my illnesses, but a child of God, a daughter of God, redeemed, whole, seen, even in my struggle. Wow, that's amazing. Amen. That's so good. And like how God planted that in your heart, like that story, because he knew like it would, you know, you would need it later. Like yes. how good is that? I'm like, I oh, know. God. <laughs> like he, he, like he knows our story. He already knows what's going to happen. He already knows what he, we're going to face. And he is so loving that he prepares us for it, that he, he speaks into our life that we have this anchor we can go back to. Amen. Amen. And I want to learn a little bit more about, um, and I so just agree with you on the faith journey, you know, it's like, wow. And he never stops. It never stops. It never ends. He's always like the new thing he's doing in you. And it's so good that he's faithful to complete it. I have to remind myself that a lot. I'm like, he's going to complete this. He's going to go complete this. And then when we go to heaven, I get to see him and everything will be passed away. (laughs) And that's the the full completion. But, um, but anyways, yeah, I love that you said that. Um, But yeah, I'd like to learn a little bit about like, when did you learn about your bipolar like disorder? What was that? Were you already like following Jesus at that time? What was that like for you? Yeah, so my mental illness journey is a journey of its own as well. And I'm sure that uh, other people that suffer from mental illness will be able to relate to this because it's not a straight line. It's not a straight line to diagnosis. It's not a straight line to treatment. Um, But clearly, I was suffering from 
what we thought was depression as a teenager. Like I said, I had my first suicide attempt when I was 13. Um, but we didn't talk, like, I didn't know the word depression when I was growing up. It, that wasn't the language that was used. We hear a lot more about anxiety and depression in the media now, which is great. Um, but I didn't know the words for that. Um, and I just always struggled with, uh, self-loathing, with feelings of emptiness, with loneliness, with not understanding my place in the world. Um, and I, str I struggled. And that is probably a big reason why when I was on my own, I ended up with drugs and alcohol. Um, addiction is very closely related to mental illness. And as I got older, I ended up getting into university and tried um, some medication for depression. That was my, that was my diagnosis. And I, I didn't like how that medication made me feel. It's a journey to find the right one. So I went off and I'm like, forget it. I'm not, I'm not de dealing with this. And I struggled. I struggled a lot. Um, my depression or my bipolar, it wasn't actually depression. We thought it was depression. But my bipolar and my borderline personality manifested itself a lot in rage. A lot in rage. And that's not the stereotypical way we see depression or we see uh, mental illness. But I would have a lot of rage. I would have like these out of body experiences where I could watch myself rage, but couldn't pull the reins back in. Um, and I talked to my doctor about it. I talked to him about my racing thoughts and it wasn't until my thirties that they correctly diagnosed me as bipolar. And I wasn't in the headspace to accept that. There was still stigma around it. Like I said, depression and anxiety has gotten a lot more acceptance in mainstream media, but we don't hear about things like bipolar or schizophrenia or borderline personality. And I was afraid of the stigma. I was afraid of what it meant and I didn't want to address it. And so I hid from that. And I regret that now. Now that I see what life can look like when you tackle these things head on, I lived many more years miserable and making my family miserable. And I had my son and I was not able to control my rage. And it just, it just hit me like, this is not the environment I want him to grow in. This is not the, the mother I want to be. I was not wanting to repeat generational trauma in my home life um, because my mom turns out had untreated undiagnosed mental illness which contributed a lot to some of the the pain in my childhood and I didn't want to repeat it I wanted to break the cycle and I knew to break the cycle I had to face this and so I went on the path of finding the right medication and God was so good. There are some people that struggle with multiple rounds of medication to find the right one. The second one we tried has worked. I was so thankful for that. Um, I found an amazing therapist. Borderline personality really does well with um, a therapy called DBT. It's a subgroup of cognitive behavioral therapy. I found an amazing therapist who turned out to be Christian because I actually didn't want Christian therapy because I had been so hurt from the church. I was like, 
I want someone who specializes in borderline and bipolar. Faith is secondary, which was good for me to approach it that way, to find someone and expertise in what illness you have. That's the first and foremost of importance. And she turned out to be a Christian and it's just been beautiful. And God's rewriting the story of my life. I thought that my mental illness would disqualify me from being used by God. And yet it's the very thing in my life that God is using for me to point others to him. It's the very thing in my life that God is using to show his goodness to me. And so your mental illness does not disqualify you. Your mental illness does not define you. Your mental illness is not bigger than God. Our God is bigger. And for a long time, I wondered, God, why won't you just heal me? You're a God that heals. Why don't you just heal me of this? And I have found that it's this illness that has kept me tethered to him in a way that I may not otherwise be tethered. And it, and, and it brought to mind Paul. Paul had a thorn in his side. He had something that he prayed that God would remove. And God, in his wisdom, chose not to remove it. And I have to remember, so if, if, if God saw goodness out of what Paul saw as a struggle, then God can find goodness in what I see as a struggle. And he definitely has been showing up that way in my mental illness and helping helping me see that goodness, helping me see his hand um, at work in my life. Wow. I could cry <laughs> just hearing you say all of that. As someone who's been through like depression, anxiety, like suicidal thoughts, um, and now I'm studying mental health counseling. I'm like, God, amazing. Yes. Yes. Isn't that so cool? God is awesome. You guys but- are a treasure to our community, really. Finding a good mental health therapist has been amazing. Yeah. Amen. I know. Like, I'm just, as you were speaking, I'm thinking like so much of just how good God is and how like he shows me all the time, like why he is you know why I'm doing this program like why I'm doing you know what I mean like remind yeah. me all the time I'm like I'm doing this for a reason I'm doing this for a purpose and I yes. you know, in the busyness of the day you're not thinking about all that and then he's just yeah. so good. so awesome so good and he's so good in like I said helping me find the right medication me taking medication for my illness does not mean I don't have faith that is a huge stigma that we have to overcome he helped me find a good therapist. His hand was in that. He's blessing my interactions with my therapist. Going to therapy does not mean I don't have faith. And I think we need to grab hold of that more in the faith community to understand that getting help for illness is not a lack of faith. And I think sometimes people see mental health and mental illness as the same thing. And they're not just like we have physical health. Everyone has physical health. Sometimes the physical health is strong. Sometimes it's weaker and we get a cold or a flu bug and then we get over it. But some people actually have physical illness. They have diabetes, they have cancer, they have um, autoimmune, they have actual illness. And you can't compare the person with a cold to the person with diabetes. 
because the cold, you overcome, it's natural. We all have dips in our mental health. We all feel sad sometimes. We all feel worried sometimes. It's the natural ebb and flow of human emotion. That's not the same as mental illness. And I think that we need to understand that there is a difference between the two. So when your friend is struggling with mental illness, it's not the same as when you struggled when you were sad. Sure, you can use that as a springboard for empathy, but just thinking happy thoughts is not going to to change the brain chemistry that is causing your illness, right? Just thinking happy thoughts is not going to rewire your brain out of trauma. There's depths of therapy that is needed in that. There's medications that are needed to support that. Um, But the good news is we can, with the support of medication, we can, with the support of therapy, thrive in our illness. It may look different. My life looks different than what I thought it would because of my illness. And I did have to grieve letting go of a vision I thought of my life. But my life's not bad. I'm thriving. I have purpose. I wake up every day with purpose. My mental illness is not going to win. Wow, that's so amazing. Like, even when I think like the big thing too, as you were speaking, I was really thinking like, it's what you were talking about the physical and the mental. And it's so interesting because it's, you know, we spend all this time and effort on our physical health, like maintaining it. But when it comes to mental, it's like our viewpoint of that is so different in the church. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, I mean, among all society is like, oh, that's, that's like almost like wrong. It's like, oh, you've got mental issues. Okay. But if your physical stuff, oh, it totally makes sense. Like why you work out four times a week, you know, why you do all these things. And it's so interesting. And I was like, why is that? And I think it's the misconceptions come from like misunderstanding. And I think you really hit on that. Yes. Um, Like I said, it's nuanced. You know, we are uh, body and spirit and mind and soul, and they're all interconnected. So absolutely, if you are struggling in your spiritual life, you'll feel it in your mood, in your mind, in your body. Um, but that is not to say that mental illness is a faith issue. And I think this is where we need to differentiate the two, um, and have clear understanding of that. You wouldn't question someone's faith who is taking insulin for their diabetes. So why heap burden and shame on someone taking medication for their mental illness? I've had well-meaning Christians question my faith life. Are you praying enough? Do you have unrepentant sin in your life? I already feel like crap. I don't need to be made to feel like I'm a bad Christian on top of it. Thank you very much. Um, And it was just very uh, insensitive. And I wasn't strong enough in my faith then that I took a lot of those things to heart. Like I doubted my faith. I doubted my salvation. It created so much doubt in me. And it was so unnecessary, but it's a learning curve here. And I think the church is starting to come along and learn. I think the pendulum is starting to shift a little bit more um, and understanding that there is actual illness. Like it's not a lack of faith. And I'm so thankful right now to be in a church with a pastor who 
understands that and is so loving and is so um, accepting and supportive of the faith walk of people with mental illness. Wow, that's so awesome. Like, wow. Yeah, I agree so much. And I'm, I'm just like, I'm thinking, how do we, I guess like two questions, I guess. <laughs> One yeah. is like, in that journey, like, how did you, like, how do you stay like filled with faith? Like, but like, you know, having struggles and issues. Like, I think, I think I can definitely answer it, but I want you to, you know what I mean? I want you to answer it. Um, because I know that there's so many like women listening who have had struggles with their mental illness and have had these same like thoughts, like, oh, like, you know, am I going to get, am I going to be able to be close to Jesus? Like, you know, like what that kind of, can you speak to that a little bit? Sure. Um, one of the things that I have come to see so beautifully in my life is that God never leaves me or forsakes me. In the lowest of my lows, when I'm struggling through a depressive episode, I can play worship and I can feel his closeness. And through the practice of therapy, I understand that my depression is a wave. The wave comes, the wave goes. I've also come to understand that my depression is a liar. So when the wave of depression comes and tells me that I'm worthless, I lean into what Christ says about me. I lean into my biblical affirmations. This is what truth is. My feelings of the moment do not determine truth. And this is an intentional practice I've had to develop. I even developed a set of biblically-based affirmation cards um, to help with this. Uh, They're called Affirming Truths, Who You Say I Am. And I lean into those biblical truths. And I just trust God to be with me as the wave comes and goes. When I'm on the other end of the spectrum and I do things that are shame-inducing, I overspend, I overdrink, I battle with sexual temptation. That's one thing that a lot of people don't talk about with bipolar and stuff. On the manic side, there's hypersexuality that you have to battle through. Um, Same with borderline personality. It's one of the things that swept under the rug. But when I am overcome with the shame of those things, again, remember, whose am I? When I'm struck in the temptation of grandioso thinking and behavior, is my thoughts telling me the truth? What does God say? God says I'm a good steward of my finances, of my time, of my body. God says that I am disciplined. This is what God says about me. And God also says that there is no condemnation in those who love him. So I trust that God never leaves me or forsakes me. I trust that he's riding the waves out with me, holding me in his arms. And I bring myself to the throne room. And I think sometimes this is this can be hard when you struggle with mental illness. The things that are good for you are hard to do in the midst of an episode, which is why I recommend doing the good things all the time 
Don't just wait till you're in an episode. So do your affirmations. You're biblically based, not the world-based affirmations that say you're capable of everything. I'm not capable of anything in my mental illness. It's but for God that I can do all things. So biblically based affirmations. Gratitude. Because even when those ways come, there's something to be grateful for. Moving my body, nourishing my body, spending time with God, spending time in worship. We have to create these routines even when we're stable so that when we are not stable, they come out of habit. They come out of discipline. They come on autopilot even, which sometimes we think that's not good, but I would rather on autopilot go to the throne room with worship music and my affirmations when I'm depressed than not know how to approach it at all because I haven't made it an intentional practice. So we have to be intentional in how we care for ourselves. Um, But God never leaves us. These are waves. We've seen it in our life. We have overcome every wave we face thus far. We're here. God's been with us and he will journey with us through each wave. And what I love is like in the 23rd Psalm, he says that he will lead us by still waters. Still waters are often found in the valleys. That's a promise to be with us in the valleys. Now he leads. We have to choose to follow. We have a responsibility in our care with our mental illness. We have a responsibility for our faith. God never leaves us or forsakes us, but are we leaving him? Where he wants to lead us to still waters, where he's opening his arms to give us peace and rest, are we going there? Are we going there? And I just want to encourage people if they are struggling to go to the throne room, to go in the loving embrace of your father, to be led by those still waters and watch how he will give you the peace and the comfort that you need to get through that valley, to get through that struggle. Wow. Amen. That's so beautiful. And I would love if, um, yeah, you could, I guess I just have one more question. Yeah. <laughs> That's so good. And I really want to end it there, but I think it's so important to ask this question is how can we as believers, like support our brothers and sisters who are dealing with mental illness? Cause I think, uh, like you mentioned a few things that people good meaning, like people came mm-hmm. to said, but I think it's important that we know how to better support each other in this area. Yeah. Um, I'd say check-in. I know we often like to think of relationships as two-way streets and equal participation in them. Someone with mental illness often has a hard time reaching out first. They often have a hard time reaching out first. So not taking that personally and understanding I'm going to have to be the initiator in that relationship and keep initiating, keep initiating. Um, Prayer, of course, but no comments on medication, no comments on therapy. If they want to open up to you, they will. But just letting them know that you love them, they're there for them. And when they're going through an episode, you know, I always say this, when I had my son, 
I had people from church bringing me food all the time. It was great, right? Because I was in a season of being overtired and healing and my family still needed me and I wasn't able to provide and the church came alongside me and provided these meals. When I've been in a depressive episode, when I'm dead, I can't cook for my family. I can't be there for my family, even more so than when I had a newborn. So practical helps like bringing over a frozen lasagna when they're in an episode, you know, bringing over a cup of coffee and just sitting in the moment with them, not trying to fix it, not necessarily saying anything, but just being willing to hold that space and sit in silence just so they're not alone. It's very simple things, um, but you can't fix the person. I think sometimes we're we're problem solvers, right? We want to fix the problem. And sometimes it's not about fixing the problem. It's just letting the person know they're not alone while they're going through it. Wow. Amen. And yeah, Carla, thank you so much. Um, I would love for you to just share where we can connect with you, how we can find you and follow you. Yeah. Uh, my website is CarlaArges.com, A-R-G-E-S. On Instagram, I'm Carla Arges. On Facebook, I'm Carla Arges. So as long as you can spell my name correctly, you can find me everywhere. <laughs> yes. And your, your um, biblical cards. Yes. You can Instagram for that too, right? I have an Instagram for that, Affirming Truths. Um, I have to get a little bit more active on that. Um, <laughs> but on my website, there's also a section for Affirming Truths. So on my website, you'll find my shop, you'll find my blogs, you'll find out how to connect with me. You can get on my email list. I love to bless my email list with free Bible study resources that I write. My last email that just went out, I shared with them my favorite Spotify playlist for when you're going to battle in prayer. Um, so lots of free resources that get sent to my email list and you can add yourself to that from my website. I love that. That's awesome. Okay. I would love if you could just pray us out today yes. and yeah, just release yeah, like whatever the Holy Spirit's bringing, but just like freedom and yeah, even joy, like releasing mm -hmm. like joy over women who are listening. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, Lord God. God, thank you that you are our Father, the perfect Father, Lord God, that you see us in our pain, you see us in our brokenness, Lord God, and you love on us. Thank you that you are a God of restoration. Thank you, Lord God, that you are a God of healing and hope and joy, Lord God. Lord, I pray for the women listening to this podcast today, Lord God, that are struggling in their mental health, that are struggling with loneliness and fear and anxiety, Lord God, that are struggling with loving themselves the way you love them. Lord, I pray that by your spirit, you would just fill them, Lord, with your hope, that you would fill them with your presence, Lord God, that they would feel deeply loved, Lord God, and that the joy of your salvation, Lord God, would just flood over them. Lord, I pray for freedom from the lies that the enemy tells us, Lord God, lies that tell us that we're not good enough, lies that tell us that we can't be used for the kingdom, lies that tell us that we should be shamed, Lord God. 
Lord, I pray for freedom over those lies, Lord God, and that the woman would know that there is no condemnation in you, Lord God, but love and hope and healing. I pray, Lord God, that you would just bring so much hope, Lord God, and peace and boldness, boldness to proclaim your goodness, even in the midst of this struggle, Lord God. Lord God, I pray that you would bring the right helps in their pathways, Lord God, the right doctors, the right therapists, the right ministers, the right friends, Lord God, but the right helps, Lord, to to build them up, Lord God. We are a people of community, Lord God. You are a God in Trinity, in community, Lord God. So I pray, Lord, that you would just bless the women listening with community, Lord God, with strong female friends, Lord God, that will love on them. Lord, we give you all the praise and glory for all the wonderful kingdom work you're going to do through these women. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Um, If you are listening and you want to experience the power and presence of God and in your life, I just want to invite you to this altar, the altar that is everywhere, um, any place where we put our knees and place our hearts before God and just invite him into your life right now. Um, Acknowledging that he is your Lord and Savior and he is the one who can break every chain and yes, deliver you from any sickness or darkness or whatever that God wants to give you freedom. So I just pray with me right now. Just pray, Jesus, I want you to come and deliver me right now. And from whatever that thing is that's uh, giving you, like putting a thorn in your side, right? Whatever that thing is, I want you to just speak it out right now. Like, Jesus, I want you to deliver me from depression. I want you to deliver me from anxiety. I want you to deliver me from pain, whatever sadness, whatever that is. I just give that to the Lord right now. Um, Yes, God. And I just thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing right now, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yeah, just give it all to him. Whatever. Whatever it is, just give it all to him. Whatever thing you've been holding on to, just give it to the Lord. That you know is not good for your life. That you know... It's causing you pain that you know is not from him. Just give it to him. And just trust him with it. Trust him that he wants to deliver you. He wants to heal you. I believe he wants to heal you right now. And I just pray for healing over these people. Deliverance over these people. Um, yes, God, that you break every chain. Break every tie. Break every you know soul tie. Whatever it is, God, break it, Lord, right now. Demonic tie, God, break it right now in the name of Jesus. Break it off, God, and we just pray healing and freedom for these people, God. Every single person listening, Jesus, healing. And God, we just pray um, that for anyone who doesn't, like, haven't received Jesus, just ask him to come into your life. Like, I repent of my sin. I repent of 
you know, whatever God's calling you to repent of, repent of that. Ask for his forgiveness, you know, ask for his forgiveness. He's so kind. He'll do it. He'll do it. Just like he wants to heal you and deliver you, he'll do it. So God, we just thank you. We thank you, God. We just ask you as you come into our hearts right now. Come into my heart, God. I believe in you. I trust in you. Yes, God, be the Lord and Savior of my life. Lead me, God. No longer my way, but your way, God. Yeah. Yeah. And just let the Holy Spirit lead you into whatever this moment looks like for you. Um, it could be different for every single person. Just let the Lord lead you. And don't, don't rush to leave this moment. The Lord is moving. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So I'm going to let you sit with that. And I will see you on the next episode. Bye, guys.